Are you ready for this? Okay. Um, I can't sing, but you know who this is. This is Micah Doolin coming at you with repros for Iowa. <laughs> Finally, after a very, very long sabbatical, um, I'm back. Um, I'm sorry that I left everyone, but I had to leave because I was getting too worked up. And uh, I started school last fall, and then working, and then everything was just crazy. So I decided to take a little break, kind of put this project aside uh, for the time being. Um, But I'm back because I somebody lit a fire under my ass recently that was Planned Parenthood. I went to Washington, D.C. with Planned Parenthood over the weekend, and I got to be in a room full of hundreds of people uh, in a hotel for four days uh, with people that love reproductive freedom, and I'm just like, I'm going to start my podcast again. So I'm doing it. We're doing it. Um, And yeah, that's it. That's why I'm I'm back. Um, What's going on in the five, six months that I've been gone? absolutely nothing. Like I said, I've been starting school, um, taking two classes at a time. I'm still working at the same place. Um, and I love it. I love my job. I love my coworkers. Um, I've been dealing with a bunch of migraines lately, so that's fun. I'm in pain a lot. Um, I got proposed to, um, so I'm engaged and we're getting married in October, so that's going to be fun. Um, it's going to be beautiful and small and very cottage core because we like grandma stuff. Um, I don't know. That, that's really it. There's not a lot going on because I'm boring and all I do is work and go to school and do that type of stuff. Um, as far as reproductive rights stuff goes, man, I don't even know. Um, I'm sure most of you know that um, there's a bill going around Iowa right now. Um, They want to ban medication abortion. So make sure that you're writing to your state congressmen, representatives, people that you do not want that to happen because that would be horrible. Um, If you see Kim Reynolds, you can give her the middle finger for me. Um, (laughs) What else? I know that they're appealing that six-week abortion ban, um, Kim Reynolds is, um, so that should be going to the Supreme Court at some point. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen. I will have to ask people that are more knowledgeable and let you know. Um, Maybe I can get another Planned Parenthood rep and ask them all the questions about what's going on for this year. Um, What else? What else? What else? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing really going on with me. Um, or reproductive rights. Just kidding. There's everything going on with reproductive rights. It's a shit show out there. We gotta stick together. Um, make sure to be going to plancpills.com and ordering abortion pills for at home in case somebody in your life might need them. Um, they're a little bit expensive, but they're still good to have. Um, 
I definitely don't have them at home. Um, but yeah. Um, also, aidaccess.org. I think you can go, and it's like $99. You can go and you can, like, <laughs> not pre order, but like preemptively order for yourself if you need them. Um, so that's cool because it's only like $99, which is way cheaper. Um, and then, of course, uh, Emma Goldman's still open here in Iowa. There's three other clinics here in Iowa for Planned Parenthood that provide abortions. So that's what we got. Those are our options here in Iowa. Um, yay. <laughs> if y'all want to cry, start a crying circle with me. We can do that. Um, oh, so um, I work sort of closely, semi-closely with um, Mandy Nichols over at Corridor Community Action Network. Um, and she has an eye and the right house of fashion i think it's called um the people that do humanize my hoodie um we're going to be coming out with um some really cool reproductive rights merch they're just sweatshirts and somebody came up with a design with a uterus a, f a hand clenching a uterus and it says keep your laws off my body it's super dope looking uh you know black owned business black designer so um, be on the lookout for the release or the pre-order of those. I think they're only going to be like $40. I'm sure they're going to be super comfy. Um, so yeah, if you want to buy a sweatshirt to help uh, raise money for... Uh, I think we're going to be doing part of the proceeds goes to uh, Right House of Fashion. Part of the proceeds goes to us. And then... Um, or, and then part of the proceeds will either go to Iowa Access Abortion Fund or Emma Goldman will kind of do like a uh, either or type thing. Like a couple of proceeds go here, a couple of proceeds go there. So, um, well, actually, I don't really need any money, money. So I just told Manny to put it in a little fund for if we need like any type of organizing funds uh, for future events. But, um, yeah, because I don't need money. Like, I'm not doing any of this for money. I'm doing it for free because it's important to me. Um, but, yeah, if you want to get a really cool sweatshirt to support reproductive rights or any of your favorite clinics or access funds, be sure to be on the lookout for that. Um, I, we're trying to get um, a book sell, sale reading event happening at Press Coffee in uh, Iowa City as well. Um, it's for an author named Lucy Ferris. Um, she reached out to me um, and she has this book out called The Misconceiver. Anyways, we're going to be raising money through this book um, and then the author Lucy is going to match the donations in order to donate it to the Emma Goldman uh, the Emma Goldman Clinic, so that'll be pretty cool. It's going to be happening in early March, like on a Saturday, so make sure to get out, get a book, um, and then basically double your donations. <laughs> so that's going to be coming up. So we've got a lot of cool stuff happening. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout because I'm back, baby, and we're going to make it happen. That's it. That's all I have for you. Um, so this episode, to, to start off the me being back, I wanted to do something easy, something comfortable. 
um, I've decided to interview my now fiance. Well, he's not my now fiance, but um, anyways, he's my fiance. He's Tyler. Um, he is the man that you've heard so much about um, <laughs> because I have no boundaries. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I explain in our interview kind of why I wanted to have him on. So let's get into it. Um, and if you have any questions, want to be on the podcast, want to tell me I'm annoying, want to tell me I'm awesome, email me at reefprosforiowa at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook, obviously. Um, Twitter, I don't use so much, probably not that, but also Instagram, just repros for Iowa. Um, yeah, that's it. Have a good day. Hello, everybody. Um, this is Micah Doolin. Um, I am sitting in our bedroom with my fiance, JK. He got up and walked downstairs, so now it's just me and my cat. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what we're doing today. Um, we are going to, um, have an interview with him. Um, I think oftentimes, um, you know, you hear about abortion and reproductive rights stories being about just women or AFAB people or people with a uterus. Um, and you would just hear from their perspectives. Uh, but I thought it'd be really cool to bring on my fiance, um, and hear his side of our abortion story and ask him some questions um, because we don't often get to hear a man's perspective on it. And I know that a lot of people don't want to hear a man's perspective on it, um, but he's in this fight with us. He's been with me for five and a half years. Obviously, we're getting married in the fall. So I just thought it'd be a really cool idea to kick off Um this season slash coming back and restarting the podcast um, because I've been away for a while. So that's what we're going to do. Anyways, I'll let him introduce himself now. Hello, I'm Tyler Chase. I am Micah's fiance. And I suppose I'm going to let you question me. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's just go on, start off by sharing kind of the story of what happened, um, from your perspective. Just, yeah, just share, just share what happened. I don't know. You got, you got nervous and thought you were, you were pregnant. So you went and got pregnancy tests and. I think you took like three or four the first time and they were all coming back positive and then we started getting really nervous and we started talking over what we were going to do and I think we both knew that we would want a kid but that it was a bad time. We were living in a small apartment that could hardly accommodate us and our pets let alone us and a child so it was best that we had the abortion and just kind of moved along to a point in our life where we could properly raise a child our child yeah so um you 
So I, we together, I've had two abortions. Uh, what was it like finding out that I was pregnant a second time? I mean, it was surprising, especially considering both times you were on birth control. So it was, it was kind of, I know, it was surprising, but like, I mean, I wasn't, it didn't, didn't make me scared or anything. It just made me worried for you and your health and then our ability to live and get ourselves on firm ground we weren't exactly well off at the time i think that now we are considerably better off if it happened today it would be there'd be a lot more consideration going towards keeping a kid if it happened today rather than what happened back then but we are in entirely different waters than we were at that point um what was it like um did you have any type of guilt or regret or any type of feeling towards leaning towards getting an abortion versus like putting it for adoption or keeping it like, you know, like, when I, so I have not, like, re- regret, regret, like, like, complete guilt, but, like, part of me, like, wanted to have those, keep the pregnancies, um, because, you know, I want to be a parent, and in the future, we both hope to be parents, um, but, yeah, do you have any type of feelings towards that, or you're just, like, you're just, like, no, this is... Like, because I know that it was the right decision for me, but does part of you just kind of be like, oh, I, I kind of wish that we had been in a better position or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I I don't have any regrets. It's, I, at the time, I mean, it was painful to choose that sort of thing, but it was the right thing for our health. Uh, our well-being and I didn't want to put us in a situation where we were going to be hurting any more than what we you know needed to be and a child definitely would have strained us in ways that we couldn't have taken care of at that time and I think it would have wound up bad for a child at the time Uh, I never once would have considered adoption. I just have heard too many horror stories about adoption. Even people that I know who were adopted well and loved the family they were adopted by, I, I know that I know what they've been through. Just you know, in their own mental states of wondering where their parents were, why what happened to them happened to them one of my friends in school was separated and from his family in a a country's crisis he was taken from his mom and moved out of the country it wasn't she gave him up to get him out of the country and he has lived with his mother here in the states his adoptive mother here in the states for a long time but i think that that it was 
always kind of something that he questioned why it happened. And I think it will always be in the back of people's heads when they're adopted. And I don't want to do that to a child. I want, if we're going to have a child, it's going to be our child that we raise and that we foster, we take care of and, you know, teach them morals and everything that we would teach them. I don't know. It's, I just never would consider adoption an option, but that's, that's my personal feelings about adoption. Yeah. Um, so for those that don't know, I went to recently lobby for, um, with Planned Parenthood at Ashley Henson's office. She's a U.S. representative for, uh, our Congress, um, but anyways, I got asked basically the question of why didn't I consider adoption? And I, you know, I really just wanted to say because I didn't want to. Um, but um, what I did want to say, or but what I did say is that, you know, I was struggling with, with mental illness and substance abuse issues. And I think that trying to give a child up for adoption would have killed me and contributed to it even worse because it would have meant that I was even more of a failure. Um, and also I don't think viability of like a child when you're continuing to drink and use substances is even really an option. Like, cause I know it can lead to miscarriage and low pregnancy weight and premature births. Um, so I don't even think it would have been an option for us at that point. Um, and yeah, so the so the Henson staffer was very just like taken back. Like that just wasn't even an acceptable answer. But yeah, I agree. Like I, you know, I've like for me to like already struggle with, you know, we're, we were both low income, we didn't have health insurance, and then for me to struggle with mental health issues and then addiction and then have to give up a child, like I just don't think that that would have gone over well. Um, that probably would have thing just exacerbated the situation um, because I was a very unhealthy person. Um, I don't know. That's just my thoughts on it. And she also asked, like, well, we have to consider the life of everybody involved. And, you know, I just had to reply, well, what about my life? Like, I, if I had to give something up for for adoption, I probably, you know, like I said, it would have exacerbated those problems that I probably would have, you know, I've have a suicide, uh, have tried to commit suicide in the past. And I'm just thinking like that could have escalated, um, that like, um, yeah, I don't like to try to think about that cause that's a dark place to go to, but yeah, I mean, I don't think either of us in that apartment were in a particularly healthy place, but I think we knew that we loved each other and that we were there for each other. Granted, I think that alcohol was a huge, huge driving force in the decision not to keep the kid. And I, I think that probably the people on the other side of the aisle, they're, they don't consider these things. They think that somebody who's pregnant is just naturally going to you know, take care of themselves and be in a healthy 
place when they get pregnant. They assume that pregnancy is just this beautiful, wonderful thing. And it is, it is, but it's also a very dangerous time. And not just for the child, it's dangerous for both parties involved because the mental states that can come up, I mean, it was depressing. I mean, just having to consider giving up a kid, like, it, it's depressing. Like, we both wanted it, but we knew that it was a bad bad time and that it would ultimately be a a negative for everybody involved and for somebody to say you need to consider all the lives involved they're they're basically saying you didn't consider everything that applied they're saying that you don't know your own situation better than me i know your situation better and therefore i can choose what's right for you and that seems to be a big thing like it does not surprise me in one bit that they would be taken aback by you saying that you know i was abusing alcohol at the time like what do you say then what do you say to the viability of a kid like it's not not gonna work out well if the mother or even the father is drinking because if the father's drinking and the father's being abusive then the mental state of the woman is or the person is going to go down and we see it all the time you know the you're in your in utero or however you say that like things affect that kid more so in the womb than they do once the child leaves the womb. So if the child is, if the mother is stressed, then the child is going to be stressed in the womb. It doesn't matter, you know, if you were to come up in that situation, like if you were the child in the womb and you're in these stressful situations your body is going to react and you're going to come out different than you would had you come out of a healthy relationship and that's just not the case most times that somebody's having an abortion they're probably not in a healthy situation and these lawmakers don't consider that they they think that everybody's going to be super healthy and you know take care of their child or put it up for adoption and they're going to wind up in a wonderful home. And that's just not always the case. And it's, it's pretty, pretty sad to me that they don't consider that because not, not pointing out anybody specifically or anything, but I feel like, I feel like politicians probably have their own problems at home that they are well aware of that are detrimental to a child's well-being. And so the fact that they just blatantly ignore that tells me that they're just not paying attention to what people can do to each other, even inadvertently, just, you know, I don't know. They're, they ignore what people need. They, they think that they know best, and that's just not the case. The only person who can know best are the people involved in the pregnancy and the, you know, the doctors surrounding them. You, 
That's it. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, even if people aren't in a healthy situation, like, people are allowed to have abortions no matter what the situation is, though. I think we can both agree on that. Um, but, yeah, I agree. Like, politicians definitely don't care about the nuances of everyday people's lives. Um, so, back to our story. Um, what was it like taking me to the clinic and dropping me off, seeing the protesters, having to wait, like, were you worried, scared, like, I don't know, what was what was going through your mind? Well, the first time that we went to the clinic wasn't even, I don't think we knew yet that you were pregnant. I don't remember why we were there, but we went to the clinic in Cedar Rapids and there was a single protester outside and it just, it boiled my blood. Like, it's not often that I can say that. I'm fairly level-headed. You know me, I get excited, but I don't get truly angry very often and it boiled my blood i wanted to get out of the truck and walk over there and knock that dude on his ass and just tell him to get lost he did not belong there he has no clue what he's talking about and on top of that it's a, a man standing outside of a clinic essentially bullying mostly young women i mean i'm sure that occasionally that you know more middle-aged or older women go into planned parenthood but for the most part it's a man standing outside of a clinic for women's health trying to tell them to change their lives and i just who are you like <laughs> what what goes through your mind you're just blatantly being rude to the people involved and you're content to be that way. It, it's mind-boggling, really, that they don't have any... I, I don't know. I, I do understand why they are they're frustrated and why they would want to save a child's life. But you're not saving a child's life. The, you know, at the point that an abortion takes place, there's nothing going on inside that child's mind there's there's no process the 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 and driving to the clinics i i would say i was anxious i guess would be the only word to describe it i mean i wasn't nervous i wasn't really worried i was worried about your health and that was my primary concern was your health first and my health second. And really, my health didn't come into the picture. I was worried about you being, you know, sad. I mean, it was very clear that you were hurting. And so it was hard to, it was hard to watch. I mean, seeing the, like, the struggle within you the whole time was just tear jerking and then watching you actually go through the medical abortion the 
the pain that that caused you. I mean, it was brutal. I, I, and there was nothing I could do to help other than, you know, feed you water and try and keep you, you know, as happy as you could be in a situation like that. But, and then once it was over, I mean, we just, you know, tried to relax and, and move on for the most part, but it never, you don't forget about it. I mean, like, of course I still wonder what could have been, but like what I know is that we were not in a situation where if we had a child, we could have come out ahead in life. We would have wound up in a worse situation. There's a very high probability that if we had had a child, we would have wound up separating at that time, I think, because of how, uh, I don't know what word to use. I wouldn't say volatile, but like how how tough that time was. I mean, you were drinking pretty heavily, and it wasn't all pretty the heavily. more like it wasn't all the time. I mean, there was there was times where you would drink every day, but there was times when you would go weeks without, and then. Those times were the times that I chose to focus on. The, the times when you were not drinking were the times that I focused on. And those were the times that I knew that I wanted to continue to be with you and that I knew that you could come ahead on this. And then we, we slowly but surely, you know, pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps, if you will, and then just got, our, got ourselves, you know, on level playing field with the rest of the world in a way. I mean, we weren't that young, but we were still young. We were both, you know, we were both still in a phase of our lives where we were content to go out and drink and party. I think we were both coming out of that phase, but it was still there and we still like going out and doing stuff. It's just the the events that we do go to, we've changed the way that we go to them. Um, and so we're a lot more stable now. And, and the I don't know. I, I really never had any questions about doing abortion. I had questions about how we were going to go about it because I mean we ordered those pills online. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, like, because um, we weren't making a lot of money. Like, oh, that was rough. Because uh, for people that know or don't know my story, we ended up for the second one. We ended up ordering abortion pills overseas, and we had to use your Bitcoin, and that turned into kind of a fiasco like, mm, i didn't have bitcoin at the time so it was i knew enough about crypto to understand how it worked but i, I didn't know what i was doing to purchase it the first time so it was a bit stressful and then just to have everything else on top of that i, I don't really remember why we did that because at the time i mean everything was still legal i think there was some sort of time constraint involved and 
we were worried that it might become illegal at some point before you could have the before you could get the pills from the clinic but it was that was more stressful than the abortion itself or like making the decision to have the abortion it was finding the the you know well no i was worried because um getting an in-cost procedure or sorry getting a medical abortion at a clinic can still be costly especially if you don't have health insurance um and so i didn't know if my new insurance that i got with my new fantastic job at idt (laughs) would would help pay for it which weirdly it did cover some of it so um yeah i was worried about that so we that's why we had to try and find a cheaper option um but yeah shout out to my health insurance at integrated dna technologies for helping to pay for an abortion i think it, it didn't cover all of it but it covered some of it doesn't matter um Okay, but what was I saying? Sorry, we had to stop recording because it only allows me to c- record up for 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, that was the reason why we couldn't, why we had to order pills online is because of worried about how we were going to pay for it. But we still had to go to the clinic anyways, which is fine because I didn't know how far along I was because I thought I was like 12 or 13 weeks along according to my, since when the last time I had a period was, but really I was only four weeks along when I went and got the ultrasound at Emma Goldman. So I would have had plenty of time to actually use the abortion pills at home, but um, I just wanted to be sure. So I'm glad I did go to Emma because I mean, I had been to Emma before and I like Emma. So. Yeah. I feel like they made you feel comfortable other than the fact that those protesters are outside the that there's not much you can do about that they're there legally so but yeah i mean it's just it's weird to me that it's it's so complicated to take care of something that is in my opinion a life-saving medicine um it's just it 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 is weird that it's you know, I can understand the cost associated. There should be a cost associated. Like They don't want you to just be able to, like, say we were married and we were in a good place, but, like, it just happened at the wrong time of year. So you go buy abortion pills for $5. That, they don't want you doing that. Like, But what's right. wrong with that? But, I mean, that's fine, though. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I know, but that there, there's... A reason that they have, they want you to have to think about it. The cost can't be on like ridiculously cheap, and I'm sure that the medicine costs a decent amount to produce. So, like, I get the price, but what I don't get is why it's so difficult to find these things, especially now, especially since Roe. Um, it's just it's super. It's really frustrating to me to hear stories of people that have to leave their state to find health care especially when it comes to the like 
the cases of really young girls that have been molested and taken advantage of like there's no question about whether or not that child should come into existence that child was born of an evil act and that person should not have to suffer through like it would be a daily reminder until the day that child is born and should they choose to keep it they're reminded of an evil deed by their child like i can't think of a worse like way to punish somebody than that like i think we all agree on that um what else what else about our story um you said that like a close friend didn't know have you been like because you're not super vocal i mean you've been to a few protests and rallies that i've put on but um i guess what would you want like are you more open to being more vocal now that roe's been overturned now that you've been through this or do you just prefer to be more neutral or and i'm not neutral on it at all i'm there with you in both senses of the the same like i'm not vocal because i don't want to I don't want to stir the pot and in my work, I mean, most of the younger people that I, I tend to work with are definitely, you know, more friendly about it. However, like the, the majority of who I work with are, are right leaning. And so I, I don't talk about those things. Granted, I think they also are in the, part of the right-leaning who support a person's decision to get health care. I think they were just as flabbergasted by the decision to take Roe down as anyone on the left. It's just, I don't, I don't feel like it should be a fight and therefore I'm not going to start a fight about it. If I see an opportunity to have a progressive conversation about it, I will take advantage of those situations, and I do. So if somebody's talking smack about it, I will interject and cut them right off and let them know where I stand on it, and I will definitely, you know, like try and make them question what they are saying and what they're decision processes and i mean you know me i i don't like to to rag on religion too much uh, but i i'm you know that i also question a lot of it and so i I think that people who rag on abortion because of religious beliefs tend to think that they're right in a righteous sense and and terms of that there's no fighting with that like you can't argue with that because they it's faith and so they just they have their their justification in their own mind even though to the rest of the world it's not justified uh, so i don't like to get into unnecessary conversations about it 
but I do when I see that the time is right. Yeah, it's hard to to talk to people that are religious, but luckily there are some religious folks out there that believe in abortion and believe in reproductive freedom. Um, what would you say to couples that find themselves pregnant and don't want to be like what type of but are seeking an abortion like what type of advice would you give them especially like um somebody that's a mab i don't know <laughs> like you know what i mean like what would you, forget that i said that what would just what advice you would you give to somebody just a couple any type of couple that's in a relationship that finds themselves pregnant and wants an abortion like i said earlier i don't think it's my place to tell somebody what i know but like what sort of advice it's not my place to tell somebody what they should and shouldn't be doing if i were to say anything i would say you need to sit down with your partner and talk it through. And if it's not a situation where you can sit down with the partner and talk it through, then you need to sit down with yourself and have a very serious inner dialogue of the pros and cons of the situations and what you're able to do and what you're unable to do and be able to look at it from a realistic point of view. If you're not capable of looking at it from a realistic point of view then it it's not going to end well either way you go about it i think that no matter what it's painful whether you go through with having a child you know or not if it was the wrong time it could be just as painful to have the child and move forward with life as it would be to lose the child and move forward with life. The question that I would ask is, are you well enough to take care of yourself and someone else? And I would leave it at that because that's really the core question. Okay. Um, We've been talking for about 40 minutes, so we're probably going to wrap up. Uh, Is there anything else that you want to say in relating to your story or our story? Not really. I mean, I... No. I I love you, and I knew we always wanted to have kids, but it wasn't the right time, and I have no regrets about our decisions surrounding those, those times. I do think about those times Uh, but I think we made the right decision and that's where I stand me too I love you I love you too thanks for um letting me pester you you aren't pestering okay (laughs) okay say bye good talking to you guys okay bye no. What? Where's your shirt?